Hello and welcome to Stories from Another Day, a Collingwood Museum podcast. I'm your host, Ken Mahar, and this is a very special summer bonus episode. Not so long ago, at a Collingwood Historical Society meeting, I had the opportunity to meet a remarkable young woman by the name of Grace Johnson. She was there that evening to give a presentation she had written on Dutch immigration to Canada after World War II. After hearing what this local student had to say and the story behind her story, I just knew that you needed to hear it as well. So without further ado, here is Grace's story. Before World War II, the Netherlands was a peaceful and prosperous country. It was full of farmlands and mills. World War II was started in 1939 when Germany invaded Poland, its neighboring country. The Netherlands, also a neighboring country of Germany, attempted to remain neutral. Despite their neutrality, the Nazis still showed an interest in the Netherlands and Belgium, part of their plan to bypass the French defense lines so they could invade France. On the 10th of May, 1940, the invasion of the Netherlands began, and this peaceful country was now mixed up in this terrible war. Hitler covered up his crime with a lie, that England and France were planning to attack Germany via the Netherlands-Belgium shortcut. Peter Hogendorn was a citizen of the Netherlands with his parents and 12 siblings. Being the oldest, he quit school at grade 8 to work in agriculture and help his parents keep a steady flow of food to keep everyone well-fed. Peter eventually worked at the farm owned by the parents of lovely Neltje, otherwise known as Nellie. Peter later fell in love with Nellie, and they would have many children. Many others lived in the same piece in the Netherlands, so the warning of a possible attack seemed so foreign to all of them. Everyone was shocked by the sudden attack on the Netherlands, especially inhabitants such as Peter Hogendorn. Mixed opinions arose as the Dutch queen fled to England and the royal family to Canada, but not everyone was so lucky to get away from the danger. Peter didn't talk about this time much, but later in life he shared some scary tales, not all of which have been verified. The bombing of Rotterdam on May 14th killed between 600 and 900 people and left approximately 80,000 people homeless. This attack shattered the Dutch army's hope. So with the threat of another bombing, they surrendered on May 15th. Many men of Peter's age were sent to factories in Germany to make weapons. He never heard from them again. In April 1945, the Netherlands were liberated by Canada. It was a time to celebrate, but all was not well post-war. Peter, Nellie, and their two baby daughters were living off sugar beets. It was all they could afford. The Netherlands was devastated by the war and extremely poor. Had it not been for Canadian food drops, they may not have made it through the rough life that was now found in the Netherlands. Buildings were torn down for fuel. Butter was $12 a pound. There was not enough food for all the people. If they wanted to give their daughters a better life, they had to leave the only home they'd ever known. They chose the country of the soldiers who liberated the Netherlands, the country that protected their royal family, the country that provided a promise of a lot of farmland. They chose Canada. On their eldest daughter's third birthday, they got in a plane to Canada. They had to sell almost everything they owned, and even then they could not fully afford it, so they immigrated under the Netherlands Farm Family Movement, organized by the Canadian and Netherlands government. 
participate, a farmer would sponsor a family. Matt family would be employed and live with a farmer for a period of time, usually a year or more. The plane ride to Canada was 24 hours and had many fuel stops. They landed in Gander, Newfoundland on February 16, 1950 as four landed immigrants. It was a hard trip to manage with two kids and Nellie pregnant with a third. When they arrived in Montreal, they took a train to Ontario, on which all of them picked up lice, and from the train station in Ontario, their sponsor farmer drove them to their new home. Their new home was a chicken coop, fixed up and separated into two rooms. After a year and a half at this farm, Peyton moved his family to another farm in Ontario, and this pattern continued for a few years. In Canada, he learned to drive, he worked hard, saved money, and eventually, with help of family, bought his own farm in Annan, Ontario. Peter's parents immigrated to Canada in 1952, and all but one of his siblings also immigrated here. Peter and Nellie went on to have eight children, all of whom remained Canadian citizens. At the time of his death, at 98 years old, Peter had 20 Canadian grandchildren and 35 Canadian great-grandchildren. I am one of those great-grandchildren. My opa's name was Peter Hogendorn, a Dutch immigrant to Canada. I'm proud to be a quarter Dutch, and I'm proud to be Canadian. Grace, thank you so much for sharing that story of Peter and Nellie and your family. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Grace Johnson. I have a dog, and I live with my mom in Collingwood. <laughs> Very cool. So how did this project come to be? My teacher asked me if I wanted to do the Heritage Fair. She thought I might be interested, and I said yes. So what is this Heritage Fair? It's like a science fair for history, so you could choose from a wide range of topics that could be related to you, could be related to anything, really. And I chose to do it on my great-grandfather because I had heard a lot of stories about him. That's excellent. Did you find out anything new while you were doing all the research? I found out more about the Netherlands, and I found out much more about his experience in Canada. Originally, I just thought he'd came here and gotten a farm. I had no idea how much was before that. Now, this isn't the first time you got to tell this story. You also were able to present it over at the Simcoe County Museum, right? Yes. So how was that? That was fun. I had um, two judges, and I would have to talk to them about my project. And there are a bunch of other kids there as well. So what happened? Well, I won the Ontario Ancestry Award, and I was able to continue on to go to Toronto and present my project again, but I didn't know at the time that that would just be a virtual presentation. Ah, and have you made that presentation? Uh, yes, I've turned it in. I've emailed it, but um, we haven't got any of the results back yet. Well, maybe by the time this goes online, we'll have some follow-up for the listeners so they can know what happened. Thank you for all your time today. Is there anything else that you would like people to know about your opa and your oma? Well, I never knew my oma. She died before I was born, and my Opa, I knew him until I was five when he unfortunately passed away. 
And uh, I'm just really glad that I know this much about my heritage now. And thank you, Grace. I am so glad that you gave us the opportunity to learn a little bit more about your family, too. If you do another history project in the future, let us know. We'd love to have you come back on the podcast again. And I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. That's all the time we have for today. But watch for more bonus content to come over the summer. And join us then for more stories from another day.